Good morning, and thank you for joining us online again uh, this week. I am totally looking forward to getting everyone back together. I really miss my church family. Hopefully, you're doing well. We try to keep up with everyone via email and text messages and Messenger and Facebook. Uh, but I'm looking forward to getting us all back together uh, so that we can worship again corporately. Um, I don't know how long that's going to be. We're keeping an eye on it, and we'll keep you posted when we know uh, when that is. I want to start with a question this morning. Do you feel like your life is disrupted? Do you feel like life is interrupted or it's out of whack? I know I do. Things that I was doing a month ago, a little over a month ago, that were just everyday, normal routine and activities um, are completely turned upside down right now. As a pastor, I like to go to the hospital and visit with people when they're having surgeries or when they're in there from a sickness. And that's just something, I think this, this week I've had three or four folks in the hospital that I've not even been able to go there. Uh, not because I can't get there, but I'm not allowed to be there. Uh, and so things just like that, even ministry related, uh, we're limited in what we can do. Just a month ago, things were totally different. And now it feels like life has been disrupted. Maybe you feel the same way. Your life has been disrupted. Uh, a lot of the things you were doing a month ago are completely different than the way it is right now today. Um, I was thinking about this last night and I threw together a word picture to kind of help me communicate what it is that I want to try to convey to you uh, today. And if you think about it, looking at this graph, it's called a word cloud. There's a picture of all these things. And I just try to figure a few of things that uh, we all involve ourselves with and we do on a regular basis. And, uh, you know, school, school looks different now. Going to the movie theaters, uh, public swimming pools, nail salons, dining out. It's been a while since we've done that. Uh, graduation has been disrupted. Baseball season, I've heard a lot of people complaining about the fact that there's no baseball this season. Uh, church, corporately, has been um, changed. And, and so what I wanted us to see in this first image is, this is what life was like a month ago. And along comes COVID-19, and this next image I think gives us a good representation of what it feels like right now. A lot of the things that we were used to doing, we're no longer able to do. There are still some things that we do, and, and, and one of the things that's come, become very popular during this season is Zoom meetings. I've had a few of those. That's pretty cool, getting to communicate with people um, across the Internet as though you're sitting with them in a room. Uh, cooking at home, I, I got that in really small letters because no one likes to do that. We, we would prefer carry-out or food delivery. Um, and now the kids are doing online school. We're doing online Bible studies. I've seen a wedding online. We can still text. We can still do a few things. But the point I want to make is, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, we have a lot of free time or we have a lot of blank space uh, that's available to us. Uh, and when you consider the blank space, my question is, and the thing that I've been challenged with um, as I've thought about this, is what do we do with that blank space? How do we manage that? Now, the way I look at it is I see it as an opportunity. Um, I see this pandemic, as I mentioned a few weeks ago about storms, God allows storms in our life. Um, in our lives, and He allows us to go through certain catalysts or, or situations that kind of push us in our faith, that challenge us in our faith, and grow us in our faith. And that's what I see here with this blank space. I see an opportunity. I see an opportunity for us to, to seize this moment and to grow in our faith as a result of it. What I don't want to happen is to get to the end of this COVID-19 pandemic and look back and see an opportunity that was right in front of me that I missed or that I wasted. So I want to seize that moment and I want to manage it well. Um, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, um, he says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. And then he says, 
Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So the question is, how do we manage this blank space? How do we make the most of this opportunity? I want to talk about that today in the next two weeks, specifically how we can make the most of this opportunity that's in front of us today. You know, there's a quote by Zig Ziglar that says, if you aim at nothing, you will hit it every time. Think about that for a second. If you aim at nothing, you're going to hit nothing. But if you aim at a target, you may not hit the bullseye, but at least you'll be on the target. And I think the same thing is true here when we consider how to manage or how to take advantage of this opportunity in front of us. If we aim at something, perhaps we'll get on the other side of this and we'll look back and we'll see how God used it in our life um, for our benefits. Here's what I believe. I believe the way we manage this blank space time right now will determine how we handle life. That is, how we handle the stress of it and the uncertainty of it, how we manage ourselves during this uncertain time or the social distancing, how we manage this blank space. Um, one of the first things that I want to talk about is the, the importance of priorities, and that is the number one priority. And when it comes to priorities, that's another thing that's been moved around a little bit through this uh, pandemic. There are things that were priorities to us a month ago that are no longer a priority today. Not because they're not important to us, but we just simply can't do those things. Um, and when it comes to priorities, we, we are good about coming up with what is most important to us um, and focusing on those. And they get a lot of our energy, a lot of our focus, a lot of our resources. And, and this is a perfect opportunity for us to reevaluate even those priorities. I'm so glad that when it comes to priorities, I don't have to look very far to find out what should be a number one priority in my life. I can look to the scriptures and I see Jesus' teaching of the Sermon on the Mount. Now, the Sermon on the Mount is Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. Um, and it's, it's a great read if you want to go through there and read it sometime. But I want to focus on one verse because in the middle of his sermon, he gives us what should be the number one priority for all of us as believers. And that's in the context of talking about money and possessions. And he's saying, hey, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where the moth can corrupt it or eat it and the rust can destroy it and thieves can break in and steal. He said, instead, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven so that that way they're safe. And he says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And then later he says um, in verse 25, that's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. You know, those things that we put a lot of priority on. He says, don't worry about everyday life, whether you will have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. And then he asked this question, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Is there more to life? And the answer to that question is obviously, yes, there is more to this life. And that's to Jesus' point in chapter 6, verse 33. Instead of worrying, he says, now seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. And we're worried about all these other things. And what Jesus is saying is the key to getting what we need out of life is to focus on what He wants from our life and for our life is to seek Him first. So let's look at that verse, seek the kingdom of God. The word seek there is more than just a one and done. It's not just, well, I, I sought Jesus one day and I gave my life to Him and salvation and so I'm done, check that off my list. The word seek there means to continue. It means to strive for diligently. It means to strongly desire. It means to keep on striving for daily. Uh, and so we get this idea of a continued seeking. So it's a, it's a lifestyle of seeking. Well, what are we seeking? We're seeking the kingdom of God. Now, 
Um, I, I like to remind people that we have two citizenships. If you're a, a follower of Jesus Christ, you're a citizen of the kingdom of God. I, I'm also a, a citizen of the United States of America, and with that citizenship comes certain rights and privileges, but there are also some responsibilities on my part if I want to live in freedom in the United States of America. And so the same thing is true in God's kingdom. We have this kingdom of God, and I am a citizen of the kingdom of God. When I placed my faith in Jesus, I became a citizen. And as a citizen of the kingdom of God, there are certain rights and privileges that come along with being a citizen. There are also certain responsibilities that come along with that, is to know how everything operates within that kingdom. And so Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God. I believe we should seek first salvation. That is how we can be made right with God through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We seek Him in salvation, and then we seek His rule. There are many different examples Jesus says. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of God is like. And then He gives us these examples. So it's for us it's to get to know the kingdom of God, His rule and His ways. And also, every kingdom has a king, so I think it's important for us to get to know the king. In this case, it's Jesus. How do we get to know Jesus? Well, thankfully, we have the recorded scriptures here, and we can read all about his life and who he was, who he is. Um, and so we need to seek first the kingdom. We need to seek first the king. And one of the ways we can do that is through regularly getting into the word and through spending some time with him in prayer. So seek the first, the kingdom of God. And then he says, and live righteously. What does that mean? That means living in obedience to this king. So if every kingdom has a king, every king has a throne. And you know where the throne for King Jesus is at? It's in our hearts. And when it comes to this throne that's in our hearts, we can either sit on that throne ourselves, and let me just tell you from personal experience, that never works out very well. Or we can give up our throne to the rightful owner of it, King Jesus, and we can let him sit on the throne. Now what happens when we put Jesus on the throne of our hearts is we say, hey, it's not about me, Jesus, it's about you. What do you want me to to do. How do you want me to live? In fact, I think that if we consider uh, these two questions as a filter, when we're asking questions about how we should do just whatever it is that we're doing in life, we could run them through these two questions first. It would help us filter a lot of those answers out. Number one, is this for His kingdom? In other words, is this something that's going to bring honor to God? Is this something that glorifies Him? As a citizen of the kingdom, is this something that is in line with um, what He would want for me in His kingdom? Is his kingdom related? And the second question is, does it relate to his righteousness? Is it right? Is it wrong? You know, for a Christian to ask, is something that is sinful, is it right or wrong? We should easily look at that one and say, well, obviously it's wrong, therefore we shouldn't do it. So when we're approaching life, where we work, how do we spend our time, who we marry, how do we manage the resources that God gives us as stewards, all of those questions, many of those can be answered easily by just looking at those two questions is, is this for His kingdom and does it relate to His righteousness? So seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously. And He says, when we do that, that's the command. When we do that, He says, I'll take care of your needs. I'll take care of those earthly needs. And I've proven that I'm able to do it and I can do it. Look at the birds. They don't store seed in the barns. Um, I take care of them and you're more valuable to me than birds. And he says, look at the fields. I, they don't clothe themselves. I clothe them with the lilies of the valley. So I'm very capable of taking care of your needs. So those shouldn't be a priority in your life. What should be a priority is to seek me first. That's what he's saying. So what's one way that we can put this into practice? If we're to seek his kingdom 
above all else, and we're to live righteously, what, what can we do right now? And th this is where I really want to challenge each one of us. In fact, I'm going to do it myself. If we're in this uh, social distancing phase for the next three weeks, I've, I've got a, a great idea. We want to get to know the kingdom of God, and more importantly, the king that's in that kingdom. Let's all commit, starting tomorrow, Monday, to read through the Gospel of John together. And the reason I want to do that is there's 21 chapters in the Gospel of John. If we will take one chapter a day, then three weeks from now, let's just say that hypothetically we're through this, this COVID-19 pandemic and we're able to get back together corporately. How cool would it be to look back and say, you know what, during that time of social distancing, I, I wasn't idle in that time. I was intentional and I made the most of that opportunity by getting into God's Word and trying to get to know this Jesus a little bit better. What a great goal for us to aim at. Um, so I want to challenge you to do that. I'll do it with you. And then in three weeks from now, hopefully we'll look back. And for some people, it'll be the first time ever you've read through the Gospel of John. I got some good news for you. If you want to know who Jesus is, read the Gospel of John because it is amazing what John reveals about who Jesus is. And the second thing I want to challenge you to do is pray. You say, Shane, that sounds so hard for me. I don't know how to pray. Let me just tell you, if you know how to talk, you can pray. And it's just having conversation with your Father in Heaven. And what helped me a lot early on was to use the acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S. Um, so the A stands for adoration. We start with love. We adore Him. Why? Because He first loved us. So start by just saying, God, I just want you to know I love you. I love you because you love me. I love you because you're faithful. I love you because you're able. There's nothing too difficult for you. Start with adoration. And then the C is confession. This is where we admit our faults and failures. And we all have faults and failures. This is where we say, God, I ask that you'll just forgive me for my sins and cleanse me of my unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and He's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from our unrighteousness. So we confess to Him our sins. And then T is thanksgiving. And we could go on for a long time on thanksgiving because we truly have a lot of things for which we can be thankful. So spend some time just thanking Him for all that He's done and all that He's doing and all that He's going to do. And that's by faith. And then lastly, the word S, that's the supplication. This is usually where we jump to immediately when we pray, God, I need. We'll, 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 let's say that to the end and just say, God, okay, now I want to share with you where my heart's at and what I need today. Give us this day our daily bread. Meet my needs today. I need some security. I need some peace. I need to know my job is going to work out. I need to know that my family is going to be okay. That's when we put the supplication. And so begin by just going to Him in faith and, and using that acronym. Just begin to commune with Him um, in prayer. And I promise when we do that, we're seeking Him. The things that are going on around us begin to, 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 to diminish in comparison because we know that we are in right relationship with the Father. If we trust Him by faith and we're growing and we're close to Him, and when we're close to Him and we're looking at Him in the middle of the storm, the storm doesn't seem that difficult. And we will get through it because He is with us. So how about it? Can we make that a priority in our life in the middle of this social distancing, in the middle of this blank space? Can we make the most of this opportunity by making it a priority to seek first the kingdom of God? And for us practically by opening up the word and getting to know Jesus better through the gospel of John, can we spend some time in praying? Can we prioritize those in our life? You know, this past Wednesday marked the 108th year anniversary of the sinking of the big ship called the Titanic. Uh, in the North Atlantic Ocean, I think almost 1,500 people died. In that story, uh, there, there's a story of a lady who was on a lifeboat, and she was about to be lowered to safety, and she remembered something that she had forgotten back in the stateroom. So she asked for permission to run back to her stateroom and to get whatever it was that she had left behind. 
And they gave her just a few quick moments to do that. And she jumps out of the lifeboat, runs across the deck, which is already at a dangerous angle. She runs through the gambling room where all the money was stacked. They said it was a, an ankle, ankle high, ankle deep high. And she ran through that money, didn't bend over to pick any of it up. She ran straight to her room. And when she got to her room, there was this shelf above her bed. And, and on that shelf was her jewelry box. And in that jewelry box was her gold and her diamonds. And it says that she, she moved that off to the side. And behind the jewelry box were three small oranges. She grabbed those oranges and ran back to the lifeboat and was let down to safety. In the moment of life and death, she chose oranges, food, over diamonds. You know, that's an interesting thing to me. Instantaneously, in a moment, priceless things were worthless and worthless things were priceless. The reality is this world that we're living in is like the Titanic. It's going down little by little, and over time, eventually, it'll all be under the water that we call death. And all that will matter is what we did in this life, the, the decisions that we made, the choices that we made, the priorities, the, those things that were priorities in our life. And, and, and hopefully, our priority is like, we need to know the King and His kingdom. We've placed our faith in Jesus for salvation. But beyond that, we spend our life focusing on His kingdom, His rule, His authority, in our lives, that's all that matters in that moment when it's all said and done because that goes beyond this life now into eternity. So as you rearrange or reprioritize your priorities, uh, I just want to remind you, Christian, the most important one uh, that we can have in our life is to seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And if we do that, He promises He'll take care of the rest. Amen? Let me pray for us. Father, I thank You today that You're faithful. I thank you today that there is nothing that is too difficult for you. I thank you that you give us the illustration of the birds and the field and how you can supply the needs. And so we just believe and admit today that you can supply our needs. And so there's no reason for us to put those as priorities, to focus on them so much. Uh, Lord, we know that you got those under control when we do our part. And so, Father, when it comes to seeking you first in your kingdom and living according to your standards, living righteously, God, I pray that you would just put that in our hearts as this desire to seek you first, to make you a number one priority in our lives. And Lord, I'm hopeful that as, as a result of doing this today, that when we get beyond this season and when this thing blows over, that we will have developed some disciplines in our life uh, that will grow us more in our faith. And we can look back with hindsight being 2020 and we can see how you worked um, in this season of our life. Would you please? Father, give us a desire to get into your word. I pray for those that are going to uh, jump into the Gospel of John, maybe for the first time, or reading it through for the first time. God, I pray that you'd reveal yourself to them in a special way. Lord, that it wouldn't be just reading a book, but it would be reading uh, from the author of life, the author and the finisher of our faith, and getting to know you on an intimate level. Father, that we would seek after you diligently, and that we would continue daily to seek after you diligently. And God, I pray that you would just develop within us a prayer life that just begins today or maybe is more emboldened today and just goes beyond this season now. And, and we can just uh, grow in our faith as a result of it, getting to know you and getting to commune with you through prayer. So, Father, in everything that we do in this season of, uh, of this COVID pandemic and uh, this, this season of blank space, I, I wonder how are we going to fill that space? God, would you challenge us to be intentional with that? Would you, would you equip us, Father, to seize this opportunity and as Paul said in Ephesians, to make the most of this opportunity? Would you give us the strength to do that? I ask it humbly in Jesus' name. Amen.
God bless you. Thanks again for tuning in this week. Uh, we love you, and we hope you have a great week. 